Well, praise to Jesus in this place. Come on, one more time. Give it up for him. Shout for him. He's here today. He's here today, so let's give him praise. Amen? Amen. Wonderful. Is anybody here for the first time today? Can I see your hand? Can you give me a little wave? Good to see you. Welcome to church. Welcome to church. Wonderful. Good to see you as well. It's great to have you. Welcome at Berlin Church. Um, yeah, we will have a great day today um, because we are in our vision series. So you are here when you're here for the first time. You're just here at the right time. When you belong to this church, you are here for the right time because we will talk a little bit about our vision today. So you can have a seat. You can relax. If you want, you can take notes. If this is what you do, I personally, I always take notes because that helps me learning and that helps me understanding um, so if you want to take notes, feel free to do that. Um, my name is Claudia. I'm one of the pastors here. And I just said we are starting, or last week we started our vision series. Every year, beginning of the, of the year, we take some time to speak vision into the church. And the title of this year's vision series is Let Him Love You. Let Him Love You. That's what we will talk about what we talked about last week, this week, and in two weeks. And then in four weeks from now, we will have our Vision Sunday. So get ready for this. And this, this title, Let Him Love You, Let God Love You, I think is so important for each one of us because sometimes we miss out on the love of God. We miss out how much He loves us. Of course we know He loves us. He sent his son to die on the cross for us. But, but are we willing to embrace his love? Are we willing to allow his love to heal us and to touch us and to set us free and to take us on a journey that we cannot even imagine? Are we willing to do that? Let him love you. Let him love you. This is what this series is all about. To allow God to embrace you fully and to take you where you never can imagine that, that you would go or that he would bring you to. And Pastor Andrew, um, last week he started off the series and he talked a little bit about how God shows us his love sometimes by disciplining us, by showing us the places in our lives or the thinking that is not right, that is not in line with his word. And if God is doing that, he always has the goal to, to heal us and to take us where he wants us to be. And of course, God loves us through disciplining us. Otherwise, he wouldn't be a good father. But God also loves us by healing us. And that's what I want to talk about today. I brought a story for us. We will look at the story later. And I will talk a little bit about my own healing story. But what I really want to tell you, and what I want you to get right at the beginning of our time together, disease sickness or brokenness is not from God. It's not from God. It was never God's intention that we would be sick or that would we be broken or even that we die. Like if you want to know what God wants for us, you have to read the first two chapters of the Bible and the last two chapters of the Bible and everything in between is how people messed up. It's the consequences of the fall. But when you look into Genesis 1 and 2, and when you look into Revelation 21 and 22, you see what God has for us. And he has healing, he has freedom, he has harmony, he has peace. That's what God has for us. 
So if, if nothing else, if you understand today, sickness, disease, brokenness is not from God, then you have learned a lot. It is not from God. Instead, and I said that already, God sent Jesus to fix this problem. He sent Jesus to die on the cross so we could be whole. And the Bible says that by his wounds, we are healed. We are healed by his wounds. And also when Jesus was here on earth, like healing was one of his main parts of his ministry. He healed everyone who came to him. Everyone. No matter how long they had been sick, no matter what disease they had, no matter what stage of disease they were in, Jesus healed them all. And I also want to tell you, when Jesus heals a person, they are not just merely okay again. When Jesus heals a person, there is a total restoration and a total transformation. And I believe there are some people in this room today who need exactly that. A total restoration and a total transformation in your life. And as I said, I will share a little bit about what I experienced. And I brought a story for us. And I want to encourage you right at the beginning. Let him love you today. Allow him to speak to you today. Allow him to call you out. Allow him to remind you of what it is in your life that needs healing. And that needs deliverance. That needs transformation and restoration. But let's go to the Bible right now, um, to the Gospel of Mark, Mark chapter 3, and I will read verses 1 to 5 to you. Mark chapter 3. Jesus went to the synagogue and noticed a man with a deformed hand. Since it was the Sabbath, Jesus' enemies watched him closely if he healed the man's hand, they planned to accuse him of working on a Sabbath. Jesus said to the man with the deformed hand, come and stand in front of everyone. Then he turned to his critics and said, does the law permit good deeds on the Sabbath? Or is it a day for doing evil? If this is a day to save, is it a day to save life or to destroy it? But they wouldn't answer him. He looked around at them angrily and was deeply saddened by their hard hearts. And then he said to the man, hold out your hand. And so the man held it out and it was restored. That's the word of God. That's one of the many healing stories of Jesus. And this story is very, very special and we will go there. But, but first of all, let me pray for all of us. So Jesus, I thank you for your word. Jesus, thank you that, that you are here with us. And thank you, Lord, that you love us. And thank you, Lord, that it is your love that draws us to us. It is your love that wants to heal us. So God, I pray that you open our hearts, that you take away hard hearts and give us soft hearts so we can receive from you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So in our story... Um, you saw that Jesus, on a Sabbath day, went to the synagogue, and there he saw a man. That man was part of a crowd. He didn't stand in front. He was somewhere in a crowd, but Jesus saw him, and he saw that he had a deformed or a crippled hand. And when you look at the original Greek, 
the word that describes the hand of that man says that this hand was withered or dry. It was lifeless. There was no life in that hand. Well, in our days, if we have a deformed or a crippled hand, it's a tragedy. I don't say it's, it's great. It's still a tragedy. Depending on what our profession is, we might not be able to work anymore, but we probably would have an insurance that would cover for that. We wouldn't need um, to worry about money, how we would pay our rent or how we would pay our living costs, because we also have a state that is taking care of us. We have a state that is taking care of us, and we have good doctors. Maybe there even would be the chance of healing. Maybe the doctors would be able to restore our hand if we would have a crippled hand in our days. But back then, for that man, his crippled hand was a catastrophe. There was no insurance paying for him, no state to, to, to take care of him, no doctor able to heal him. And that meant for that man that he was highly dependent on other people. He was dependent on others to take care of him. He probably had to beg to survive and to provide for his family. And there was no chance for healing. So this man was not only robbed of his health. He was robbed of his position in life, of his role in society. And he also was robbed of his reputation. Because in Jesus' days, when you were sick, it was seen as a punishment from God for something that you did wrong for a sin that you had committed and nobody wanted to hang out with sinners. So this man was in a terrible place. He didn't only have a crippled hand, he had a crippled life. And I wonder how many of us live crippled lives in this place. I wonder how many of us are robbed of freedom or are dependent on others. And maybe, maybe you're even, even uh, living a fairly normal life. Maybe nobody noticed that there's something in your life that is not right. Maybe, maybe you live your life well, but, but there's an irritating noise in the back. And sometimes it comes up and it robs you of your life. It keeps you from, from living in the freedom and, and in the purpose that God has for you. But the good thing is, and we see that in our story, Jesus sees you. Jesus sees you today. He sees your wounds. He sees your pain. He sees what is crippling you. He sees you. And he not only sees you, he also wants to do something about it. Like with that man. Jesus saw that man. And he called him to stand in front of him because he wanted to do something about his condition. He wanted to do something about his condition. And Jesus wanted to do something about my condition as well. Because I lived a crippled life for, for quite a long time. My life was crippled due to broken hearts many times over. And also due to abuse. Like before I became a Christian, I had, I had several relationships. I got my heart broken several times. And I experienced abuse in and outside relationships where people were just doing things that I didn't give permission to. And my life was crippled. Almost nobody knew about it. I didn't talk about it. And I lived my life. I, I studied. Um, I started to work here at the church. I started to invest. I started to invest in other people, starting to help other people. 
but there was that wound, there was that crippled part that was there. And sometimes it came up and it left me sad and broken and full of despair and I was torn inside. I was torn because on the one hand, I wanted to have a relationship. I wanted to have a close relationship with, with a life partner. On the other hand, I didn't know if, if I would be able to open myself up again. If I wanted to make myself vulnerable again. So there was, there was brokenness. And I was crippled. But Jesus saw me. And Jesus wanted to do something about it. He did something for the man. And when the man didn't come to Jesus, Jesus came to him. I said to you before, everyone who came to Jesus was healed by Jesus, but some people are not coming to Jesus. Still Jesus sees you and he might come to you and he might interrupt you today. If you don't come to him, he might come to you. I mean, this man, he had reasons why not to come to Jesus. We read that in the story, it was Sabbath. The Sabbath wasn't a day for working, it was a day for rest for the Jews. So that man, maybe he didn't want to, to bring Jesus into trouble or bring himself into trouble. And, and to be honest, his hand wasn't an urgent case. He could have waited another day. Maybe he would have wanted to go to Jesus the next day to get healed. So for the man it wasn't urgent, but for Jesus it was urgent. He didn't want that man to be in this condition any minute longer. And maybe, maybe you have been in your condition for a while. And maybe Jesus don't want you to be in your condition any minute longer. Like we, we sometimes, we have reasons to not come to Jesus, don't we? Sometimes we are so used to our pain, we are so used to our crippled parts that we don't come to him any longer. Because they are so much part of ourselves that we don't know who we are without it. We are used to it. We have them under control. Everything is fine. We know how to deal with it. And so we are not coming to Jesus anymore. But I want to encourage you, come to him or let him come to you. Let him come to you. Let him interrupt your life because Jesus loves you too much to leave you where you are today. He loves you too much to leave you where you are. He loved me too much to leave me where I was. You know, I have a good friend here in church. She's sitting there in the second row. She's a doctor. And she really loves old, stinky, festering wounds. Is that right? She even has a book about it. She showed it to me once. Don't allow her to do that to you. Okay? So I don't like stinky, old, festering wounds. I don't like them. She loves it. And she also knows how to heal them. And she would tell you that some of these wounds, in order to get healed, the doctor has to cut it open and then drain out all the bad stuff in order for that wound to heal. And that was what God did with me. He cut up my wound and he drained out all the bad stuff that was in there. And I tell you, it wasn't nice. I had a season in my life where I cried myself into sleep every night. And it wasn't just a week or so. It was several months. I cried myself into sleep every night. But that was part of God's healing process. You know, sometimes God can heal you in a split second. I've experienced that as well. At one time, it was the 13th of July of 20... 
14. And I know that date so well because this was the day when Germany won the Football World Cup in Brazil back then. During that time, I had a terrible problem with my eyes. It was like an irritation with, with the nerves in my eyes. And every time I moved my eyes, my eyes hurt. Every time light came in my eyes, my eyes hurt. So I had to wear sunglasses inside the house, outside the house. I even woke up at night because of the pain in my eye was so severe. But I came to church on Sunday anyway. I wanted to be there for my team. I didn't know if, if I would be able to serve, but I wanted to be there for my team. I was leading a kids team back then. And I had my meeting with them in the morning to instruct them um, how, they could, how they could be with the kids without me and, and who would take what position. And um, obviously they saw that something was wrong with my eyes. And so they said, hey, Claudia, we want to pray for you. And I thought, yeah, okay, pray for me. But honestly, I didn't have faith that anything would happen because I had prayed before, other people had prayed before, nothing had happened. But I let them pray for me anyway. <laughs> and when they prayed for me, and when they were done, they told me, hey, try it out. So I moved my eyes. No pain. I took off my sunglasses and no pain. <laughs> God had healed me. So I could surf all day and in the evening I could watch the game. I could see how Mario Götze scored for Germany and we won the World Cup. <laughs> so God can heal you within a split, split second. But sometimes he takes you into a process. That man was healed in our story. He was healed in a split second. And when, when Jesus healed his hand, he not only got his hand back, He also got his freedom back. He got his independence back. He got his reputation back. He got his life back. And when Jesus takes you on a healing journey, he wants you to have your life back. He gave me my life back. Because in that, in that uh, season that, that I shared with you, before where I cried myself into sleep because God was opening a wound, in that season I... I was in a setting like this, similar to this. And um, our pastors were there, many friends from church were there, leaders of the church were there. And we were in a setting like this and, and the pastor who was preaching on stage, he was preaching about the healing power of God. And at, at the end of, of his message, he, he prayed for certain groups of people and he had them stand up. So he called out people, hey, if you have a problem with your back, please stand up and let me pray for you. If you have depression, please stand up and, have me pray, uh, and let me pray for you. And he did that with, with many different illnesses, many different sicknesses of all kind. And when he started to do that, I knew it would be my turn to get up at one point as well. And I was excited about that, but I also was a little bit afraid because my friends were there. My pastors, they were there. They didn't know that I had a problem. They didn't know that I desperately needed a healing touch from God. But you know what? I decided to get up anyway. Despite the fear of exposure, despite the fear of, of being seen, despite the fear admitting that there was something not well inside of me. And when that man asked those with emotional wounds and broken hearts to get up, I was the first one standing. I was the first one standing. And when that man prayed, the power of God came very gently. 
but very powerfully, and God healed me that night. And let me tell you, it wasn't just a healing. I wasn't just merely okay. It was a total restoration and a total transformation. My wound was gone. My past was gone. My chains were gone. And I felt freedom like never before. And you know what? I was closer to God. My faith got lifted up. My praises were louder. And I got to know God better than ever before. And I also have to tell you that about three months later, a guy called Baba Tunde Kufo, I don't know if he's here right now, he asked me if I would like to go on a date with him. And because God had healed me, I was able to say yes. And one and a half years later, I was able to say yes again. And today we are married eight years, eight months, 20 days. <laughs> and I couldn't have asked for more. I'm thanking God every day for bringing Bob's into my life. My, my husband is the best thing that ever happened to me next to salvation in Christ. But I'm, <laughs> but I'm thanking Jesus every day for the healing that he had done in my life, for bringing my husband into my life. Jesus is good. He wants to heal you. So let him love you. Let him love you. If you need freedom, let him love you. If you need a healing, if you have a physical problem, let him love you. If you have fear in your life or depression, then let him love you. He sees you. He knows your pain. He knows your crippled parts. I really want to invite you to, to come and let him love you because he wants to do something about it. No matter what your doctor said, no matter how long you are struggling, no matter, no matter, <laughs> Jesus can heal you and he can touch your life. So if you feel like Jesus is talking to you right now, I would like you to stand to your feet. I would like you to stand. And we will ask God to move. We will ask God to touch you. Because it's Him who has all the power. It is Him who can heal you and who can make you whole and who can restore your life completely, transform your life completely. So Jesus, I thank you so much. Jesus, thank you that you see everyone who's standing right now. And Lord, I pray that your power will come and will move in this place. Jesus, I pray that you touch wounded hearts and wounded souls. And that you set them free in the name of Jesus. I pray if there is sickness or disease or depression, in the name of Jesus, you will be healed. God loves you too much to leave you where you are. Whatever it is, bring it to him. Give it to him. Let him love you. Allow his love to touch you. Allow his love to drain out all the bad stuff that's in your life. Let him love you. Allow him to transform you and to make you new. And God, I pray that you speak right now. That you speak into lives. That you show new ways. That you give new vision. That you give new sight. Anything that's crippled. Anything that's crippled has to go in the name of Jesus. This is a house of miracles. We still believe you're moving. We still believe you're speaking we still believe you're healing you died on the cross so we could be whole by the wounds of Jesus you are healed by the wounds of Jesus 
God, thank you that you're, that you're healing minds right now. That you give people a new way of thinking. That you reveal to people right now who you are. Thank you, Lord, that you are lifting off sickness right now. That people who, who came here and had a physical problem will leave and the problem won't be there anymore and won't come back anymore. And thank you, Jesus, that you, that you can heal broken hearts and that you can make those hearts new. And I pray that you will receive freedom. I pray that you will receive joy. I pray that you have a better reason to praise Him when you get up next morning. Because you had an encounter with God and he revealed his love to you like never before. So Jesus, move. Move and touch lives.